a Highline podcast. Hello, welcome to the Whiskey Bench. I'm Stephen Torna. I'm Kat Dwyer. We are here on a rainy, dreary, beautiful Friday evening. Indeed. Right smack dab in between Western Easter and Eastern Easter. <laughs> so I've celebrated. You have yeah, not yeah, yet. Yes, not yet. So <laughs> Kat was out of town for Easter last week. Mm-hmm. And this weekend is Orthodox Easter, so I'll be partying away. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, like an all-nighter you guys pull, right? Yeah, it starts at 11.30 <laughs> p.m. on Saturday. It's crazy. And then I think it ends 1 p.m. the next day. Wild. Like, Do people, like, sleep? I have no idea. Okay. I don't know what to expect. I'd, I've, like, bring a pillow. Yeah. I, <laughs> you can come if you want. I invited a bunch of people. <gasps> I mean, I can be curious. I think my friend Kylie and Liza are going to come. Really? Yeah. For the whole thing? They said, what if we hate it and we want to leave? And I was like, you can leave whenever. Like, <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> I might join if I may. Yeah. I'm kind of curious. Yeah. I wish I could tell you more. They were asking me questions last night. I was like, I, I can't answer these yeah. questions about this because I, <laughs> this is as wild for me as it is going to be for you. Well, it's probably going to be less wild for me than you, but pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. How was Easter? It was beautiful. It was really nice to be home. Uh, it had been a year since I was home and got to see cousins that I haven't seen in like two years in person or maybe three years actually now that I think about it. Holy crap. Yeah, I think three years. Ate really good food. Went to my favorite Mexican restaurant. Binge ate. Oh, it's great. Did I see a picture? Is that the Mexican place? Yeah, where I look like a big happy full person. Yes. Yeah. yes. And so you got to see your friend. Yeah, my yep. best friend Alicia yep. hung out with my cousins and went to the beach. It rained that day, which I was like kind of bummed out about, but then it wound up being like nice and pretty nice. by the afternoon. And it doesn't rain that often there, does it? No, so it was yeah, like yeah. we welcome the rain. Okay. It was actually nice. It was it was nice to wake up and like it rained all night and in the morning, and that was nice to hear. Yeah, and Steve, my boyfriend, met like the extended family. Nice. They all liked him a lot, and. He liked everybody. My dad was like giving him work shirts and <laughs> it was really cute having him try on steel toe boots. And he's like, I'll drive these up to you and told him like, you can have all these tools in here when I die, like taking us through the garage. And I was like, oh my God. It, I like that. That's it was funny. Cute. It was very, very sweet. So it was good. And then we went up property that my, that my uncle has that my dad's like built everything out on there's like cool sun deck and a patio and just like in a bathroom and it's a really cool spot and it always was kind of like this meeting place for the cousins we'd have these huge like blowout camp camp outs and so and i hadn't been up there since i moved so that was really nice so it's almost been three years so it felt really good to be back there it's oh, awesome yeah it was great too short but yeah good i'm that's about to be me when i fly out for my cousin's wedding because like i don't know if i've seen these cousins in like a decade damn but we've kept in touch just like over social media mm-hmm. and they're so cool so is this this is my dad's side of the okay East and Coast. he's from pennsylvania pennsylvania yeah yeah okay so right. we're going to south carolina for my cousin julia's wedding okay 
Is what? any of your family from there or is that just uh, where your cousin they're lives They're going to school there. Got She's it. She's in med school. Okay. So cool. Many, yeah. And all my cousins are super rad and we just never get to see each other. Yeah. So I'm super excited for that. That's I'm going to awesome. see some of my, well, I see my uncle and my aunt pretty often. My other aunt that I haven't seen in a while and other, other family members that I just really haven't seen very much. So it's going to be super fun. And Fast and furious, but fun. And it's going to be at a beautiful venue. Yeah, South Carolina yeah. is like um, jelly that you're going there. I don't know what to, I don't know how hot it's gonna be. I got I, I don't have a shirt. I gotta find a shirt ASAP. Get some linen. Yeah, that's I was looking for linen shirts, for sure. <laughs> yes, go. Oh, you can like dress so well at like a southern wedding. Oh, I know. I'm gonna wear blue blue suede shoes, gray trousers with like a linen shirt. Yeah, what's um what's your cousin's vibe that's getting married? Like, is this gonna be like? A wedding with an emphasis on like dancing is it gonna be really good food is it I gonna actually, be like dry no 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 <laughs> no i think it's gonna be great food and great dancing that's my guess just knowing my family that's that's like that's, that's like the what move. you do yeah so i'm super excited and it'll get me primed because i don't think it's gonna happen this year but like i'm we're, we're planning a trip to kentucky oh to go to the races oh so we can dress up that's fun. You and your your family? No, I mean some homies. Okay, Work gotcha, buddies. gotcha. Like, you know what? We need to plan a trip. Totally. We gotta find dates. Bet. Yeah, I don't. I've never gambled, and I would definitely gamble on a horse. Like, yeah, when when in Rome, when you're there. Oh, for sure. It would make it more fun if there's like yeah, stakes. Exactly. Totally. Totally. Isn't it bizarre? I mean, maybe this is a stupid comment, but it's kind of bizarre. Like. Just how quickly I'm going to sound like Kamala Harris. The passage of time. <laughs> but truly, like, man, time flies. I can't believe I hadn't seen my cousins in, in three years. I just had a little mini heart attack opening up uh, audition before mm-hmm. we recorded. Yeah. It's the 22nd of April. I know. It's nuts. I, it's just, I just blinked. and I'm <laughs> like, oh, okay. <gasps> I don't even remember March. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember. I mean, I was painting. That's all I remember. Right. But, uh, that's right. <laughs> I also, I just tallied all those hours together, and I was like, "That can't. That's not right." And I was like, "I, you know, call up my buddy." I was like, "What are your hours like? Am I crazy? Nope. We just. It's just literally. I just haven't. Just I lost like a month. Just like blinked. Yeah, and it sounds like you've are just you know continuing on that trajectory work wise, right? <sighs> yep. Knock on wood, Lord willing, willing, like we are at a point where like we might have next year booked out pretty soon, which I like great. two years ago, I remember scraping by and like me and, and Randy seriously being like, we need work and like taking on really crappy jobs that we didn't want to do just because like we needed it. Right. And now it's like things are changing. It's great. That's great. So, very grateful for that. Totally. You guys are building a reputation. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So it's been very nice. I too feel like I've been, uh, I think last episode I was talking about how I want to slow down with like my side stuff. Yeah. And then it's just, <laughs> it's just funny. It's like I got roped in writing another op-ed yeah, yeah. and then like there's a couple other potential interviews on the horizon. It's like, I think by June it will yeah. properly actually slow down. Yeah. Did I just see so. like. Like 30 minutes ago when I was at home, I got on Twitter. 
do you have another iPad that just came out for fee? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I haven't read it yet, <laughs> which is exciting. I was like, I didn't even hear about that one. I know. I'm like, <laughs> it's yeah. We needed Earth Day content. Today's uh, Earth Day. Oh, Happy right. Earth Day. Happy Earth Day. Which I just learned something on my way over here listening to a podcast that apparently, and I don't know anything about this. I don't have any detail, but apparently the founder of Earth Day years later after he founded the holiday in like the 70s or whenever. Yeah. Was arrested and convicted of murdering his girlfriend and then like stuffing her body in the trunk of a car and abandoning it. And then like two years later, they found the like decomposing body and eventually Mm. figured out that he killed her. That's (laughs) wild. And it's also Lennon's birthday today, too, which I didn't know either. Really? Yeah. What? So don't celebrate Earth Day. Right. Yeah. yeah, We needed Earth Day content for Perk. And um, so anyway, I wrote a piece about how three different examples of where market tools like property rights and price signals are helping conserve the environment. Cool. Yeah. And I was super stoked to get published in Fee. I'm a big fan of Fee. Yeah. So that was that was fun. Nice. Yeah. Good stuff. Check it out. It's on our social media on Whiskey Bench if you are interested. We'll have to do it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we took a week off. We're kind of, we're hanging out again tonight. Mm-hmm. Tonight's a news and brews. Yep. That means we're sipping on some sweet, sweet, tasty beers. That's right. So far, I think all of our news and brews have been Montana beers. <laughs> I think so, yeah. I have, just because we've got a lot of good beer. Biased. But <laughs> being my normal self and being, you know, unprepared, we pulled out some beers that I just have in the refrigerator. So, tonight, we are having ourselves an Elysian Contact Haze. It's a hazy IPA, mm-hmm. you know. Very fitting for the market right now. Everything's a hazy. But this is what uh, the can has to say. Hazy IPA. The day the world stood still. The Elysian brewed a hazy IPA. Rules were broken to bring you contact haze. A tangled chemistry of mild haze. Low bitterness and an explosion of hop aroma. Bursts of bright raspberry. Currants, citrus, guava, and passion fruit. With a slight floral note. I dig it. It's honestly really good. It's really, really good. It's very well balanced. The thing is, is most of the IPAs now kind of they're just a little too bitter for me. Mm. Everyone's like, we got to go high IBU, like the double IPAs. Ah. This is nice. It's mellow. The currants and the florally. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hop is still a fucked up flavor for me from yeah. COVID. Oh. And this is really well balanced. It's not like exceptionally hoppy. Yeah. And it's hazy, but it's also not like It doesn't it's not chunky. Right. Which I I do I enjoy prefer, that. Yeah. But but like this is you could sip on the you could have a couple of these. Right. It feels like. Yeah. We we have enough for each for step 3. So Great. We're we're set. <laughs> we're set for the night. But yeah, honestly really good. And for anyone that doesn't know Elysian is out of Seattle, I believe, so. Mm-hmm. Good beer. Washington's got a lot of great beer as well. Yeah, and the cover art is really cool, so y'all can enjoy that when we post a pic of it, but... Yeah, there's like a zombie apocalypse going on, kind of. Yeah, well, it's like, I mean, in the their uh, copy on the can is a nod to, I think, the movie 
the day the earth stood still that like 1950s like sci-fi that makes sense yeah i was gonna say looking at like the the day this the earth stood still you know the little write-up i was thinking um white noise the um the book by uh what's his nuts (sighs) i can't remember his name why are we it's the postmodern oh apocalyptic book no it's a great book i was thinking of the classic uh author I don't know if I do. Orwell? No, (laughs) no. He's actually a communist. Is it science fiction? Like a science fiction writer? No, he's not a science fiction writer, but he writes, he wrote, he was like turn of the century and wrote all those like incredible books that everybody reads that are wonderful. No. No. Like, uh, I could have sworn he wrote White, a book called White Noise. The book I'm thinking of, White Noise by Don DeLillo. Okay, that's. 1985. It's a postmodern, postmodern apocalyptic book, or postmodern post-apocalyptic book. Jack London. Yes. Son he, of a bitch. Um, the only reason I'm thinking of that is because I was thinking so about books about like that. that. Um, he wrote what's the poem? His famous short story, to to light a fire or to make a fire, to build a Some, fire, something like that. To build a fire, yeah. Yeah. Which is funny. That same class is where I read White Noise. We read. Oh. We read to build a fire, gate at the bottom of the stairs, bunch of like postmodern books. Don DeLillo. Call of the Wild. Oh, Call of the Wild. Gotcha. Valley of the Moon. There it is. Check. I've actually never, this is embarrassing and I want to, but I've actually never read any of his books, but I read a biography about him that made me not like him. Oh. <laughs> Rest in I shouldn't say that. It made me, <laughs> well, at the time it made me not like him. Now that I'm older, I look back and I'm like, obviously he was. A great writer and incredible, but yeah. he was like a socialist. So when I was younger, yeah. I was like, ah, fuck you. But <laughs> he's great. Anyways, two different authors. There you go. Not related to this beer. Jack London and Don DeLillo. <laughs> Read them. Great stuff. <laughs> oh, gosh. The more you know. You're welcome, guys. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I promise I'm educated. <laughs> <laughs> you do. <laughs> All right. I already need another beer, to be honest. Well, go. Can yeah. I go get myself yeah. a can? You can okay. get that one, or and I also have another one next to it in a red box. Is that one good? What's happening with that one? I think it's like a pineapple IPA kind of thing. Hmm. You can try it. If you don't like it, you can give it to me, and then you can crack one of those. All right. Let's go that route. Boom. All right. Okay. Kat's, Kat's got herself a second <laughs> beer. We're going to dive into some fun news. Well... Yeah, they're fun news stories. Why not? Before you crack into that, mm-hmm. we might as well tell them what it is. And... Yeah. Let's look at it. Yeah. You bought it. Yeah. Ride the Spiral Pineapple Orange Double IPA from Silver City Brewing. What prompted you to buy these two IPAs? Do you have a big party? Uh, No. I needed some beer and went into the gas station and it was all the same beer I always have. So I picked the one box of one I never had. Okay. That was the Blood the double IPA with the orange. And then I went specifically for a hazy IP, IPA the other day. And I had never had this one. I, I was like at it. Target, actually. Tar-Jay. Randomly, I never go to Target. <laughs> like I, I, I went there for, too. I went there to, <laughs> to get coffee filters. They were out. So, then you- so naturally I left with like a bunch of like random medical supplies I needed <laughs> and beer. That's the danger of Target. I know. It always is. I always spend like $50 when I go there and it's like, I came here for Q-tips. Yeah. And what I also left F? with, like, with hair shears. Oh, but you got a haircut. I did get a haircut. That was kind of the, you know, there you go. 
it all worked out except for I didn't get coffee, but that's, yeah, that's coffee okay. filters, but whatever. <laughs> so cool. Double beer feature here in a few. I'm probably going to get up again and I'm going to go get another beer. But uh, <laughs> how do we want to how do we want to divvy this up? What? I don't know. I don't know what yours is. I just wanted to talk about like f- process, food processing plant. Oh, fun. Just being destroyed. Yeah. Oh. Across the country and food shortages. Oh, oh, different than what I thought. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fun. (laughs) Totally different than what I thought. (laughs) Okay. Well, since we're like being ridiculous, maybe we should start with the ridiculous story. Yeah. And then we'll go to your story. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. So my newsy bit is Gretchen Whitmer's kidnapping. Which, just so you know. (laughs) <laughs> people in michigan that i know call her witless i like it just throw that out there she was yeah context gretchen whitmer was one of the more notorious governors throughout the covid crisis who imposed super draconian totally arbitrary and nonsensical covid measures in her lockdown like blocking off like mandating that stores like home depot had to block off certain aisles so it was like, you can't, you know, plant seeds in your garden in the spring. Literally, they were like <laughs> limiting, you know, what types of like garden supplies you could buy. But then like other things weren't off limits in the stores. And obviously all small businesses were shut down and like box stores could stay open and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. So she kind of earned a reputation and a lot of people in Michigan were not a fan of her. She's also even recently, despite all the lessons we should be learning with the (laughs) uh, energy lessons we should be learning from what's happening in Ukraine and Europe. She again has talked about how she wants to block any new pipeline development that would run through her state. Brilliant move. So she's a bit of a nightmare and apparently people want to kidnap her. Yeah. (laughs) So, okay. So, and, and so this is relevant because uh, just like two weeks ago, uh, a federal grand jury heard a case for several of the people who were accused of plotting to kidnap her and they came to a verdict. So that's why this is relevant today. So I'm going to give a little history. October 8, 2020, 13 people were arrested over this alleged plot to kidnap her. Uh, six were charged in federal court. Seven others were charged with state crimes. And then a 14th person was arrested like a couple weeks later. And also charged in a state court. And I have not seen what has happened to the to the people who were charged in uh, with state crimes. But the most recent case, the one that we're talking about, has to do with the six people who were charged with in federal court. So uh, the federal defendants sort of face an assortment of different charges from conspiracy to commit kidnapping to domestic terrorism to weapons of mass destruction charges. Okay. The mass destruction charges involved uh, a, an alleged plot to blow up a bridge near Whitmer's home, which allegedly was like their plan for their escape route to like kidnap her and go across this bridge and then blow up blow the bridge up. and the cops couldn't follow them across the bridge or something. Like the Wild West. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's like, what happens on the other side of the bridge? Anyways. <laughs> so, so the Justice Department said, and I think it's established that, the, that, that some of these defendants of the six, a group of six, were associated with a group called the Wolverine Watchmen. Oh my God. Sounds like a Marvel <laughs> comic gang. 
but it's a some it's like some stupid militia group that like i don't know was comprised of like some ex-military but it sounds like maybe some like wannabe military types yeah. which i have to say in my experience the wannabe military are like the worst people i i don't know i don't have anything against the military but i just feel like the people the, like the guys who like didn't do it and then they regret it and then they just like I literally know someone who like ordered fatigues so they could my sister's ex-husband anyways um, so <laughs> I'm digressing um okay I'll get focused so the militia group they conducted like combat training and allegedly planned to kidnap uh Whitmer and try her for treason is what the claim is okay and so after a so they were you know they're arrested in October of 2020 and then they just recently had their trial it was like a month-long trial they it so (laughs) the uh the jury couldn't come to a sort of it didn't it wasn't as clear-cut of a case as sort of the media portrayed it so the jury found two of the defendants brandon caserta and daniel harris not guilty of all charges so they're cleared um not guilty of all charges yes interesting Yes. And then they failed. The jurors failed to reach a verdict on two of the two other defendants, Adam Fox and Barry Croft. So the judge declared a mistrial Mm -hmm. and the prosecution is saying that they'll like go after them and try again, but presumably with different charges. And then two others of the six early on pleaded guilty Mm -hmm. and testified at the trial trial and were like government witnesses and are quoted saying that they would fully cooperate in return for leniency. So I don't mean to be cynical, but like I'm assuming they got talked into like admitting or not admitting, but like taking a a guilty plea deal so that they could, you know, have their sentences lessened. For sure. Because they both were facing life sentences based on the original Mm -hmm. charges. And so the defense sort of rested on the claim that the FBI had entrapped the men into kidnap- the kidnapping plot. And it appears that the jury was, through evidence, was sort of convinced of this. And it looks like potentially the number of FBI informants that had infiltrated this group and helped plan this plot potentially outnumbered yeah. the people who, who were actually, not yeah. FBI informants. So that's messy. So... I have a little bit of color about the FBI informant. So one FBI informant involved allegedly, he allegedly helped organize meetings where the plot began, basically pulled the group together and started the conversations about potentially kidnapping Whitmer. And he paid for hotel rooms and food to like bring people to these meetings. Mm -hmm. Another undercover agent allegedly advised the group on how to blow up the bridge for their getaway and promised to supply them with explosives. So that's another FBI agent. Um, another FBI informant who's an Iraq war veteran, he eventually became the second in command of the group. Yep. And then this is another like weird little tidbit that potentially like colored the jury's sort of perception of the whole mess. A bureau case agent apparently leaked investigative information about the case, which revealed that the bureau's main undercover agent in this whole operation was fired for allegedly beating his wife after they argued over a bizarre swingers escapade. So just kind of like 
uh, sketchy people that were involved in this working for the government. So it seems like there's a fairly compelling case that these people were entrapped. The jury was convinced that certainly at least two of them were entrapped. They couldn't decide on another two. And then the other two had like given in before the trial even began. So So. I'm I'm trying not to laugh because (laughs) I'm very much connected with like the whole like What's the what's the best way to describe this? I'm I'm pretty in tune and connected with like all of the people that are like I don't know what you would call it like glowy watch or spook watch or what does that mean? Glowies or feds? Spooks, oh. spooks or feds? Oh, that's feds or feds? Fun little nicknames. Cool. I like um, it. Glowies is my favorite, but glowies. Um, <laughs> um, I remember there was like pictures circulating of like the group of like because there's pictures of like the militia group or whatever that actually did it, and I mean like major news outlets were like you know nationalists whatever supremacy groups like plan to kidnap you know governor and then like the circles that i follow like everyone's like look at that picture there's like 10 dudes and they're like we know that four of those dudes are spooks like you can just tell because it's like some dude they know half of them like they're like beards they're in camo like they're kind of you know your stereotypical like LARPer kind of looking guy and then it's like five dudes that are like ripped they look like Navy SEALs like (laughs) it's hilarious and like there's one side of the nation that's like totally attuned to it and they're like we know that those are feds like and so I've the whole time was like I I was like the whole time I was like I know that they're feds and everyone's like there's no feds involved like that's a conspiracy Turns out it's true. It's all feds. (laughs) And to the degree where like some of the links that I'll share in in the show notes were like from legal experts who have like worked as like federal prosecutors. Yeah. Describing how difficult it is to win an entrapment case. Oh, for sure. Um, There's a lot of leeway given to these officers. Right. And certainly when you're dealing with like the mafia or terrorist organizations like there again a lot of leeway is given to ensure that you know you can get enough to convict the people it's so interesting too because we talk about this all the time like fbi and cia are like accountant they're accountable to nobody like at a certain level like especially when you're talking about like people that are actually undercover or informants and things like that they can do whatever they want with no ramifications and like that person would have given those guys explosives right they would have been government funded explosives mm-hmm. given them to these guys yeah and they would have walked scot-free well and the other part of it that like, is why aren't they in prison well ex- well exactly right so that's a really good question and then the other question is Part of why this entrapment is plausible in this case is that these guys don't have prior histories of criminal behavior at all. Yeah. Right. So, like, if you're dealing with like a mafia boss who's, you know, he's already been running drugs and killing people, if you catch him running drugs and killing people because he's, you know, sort of at the behest of some informant, it's, you can understand, Mm -hmm. like, the purpose of that was to catch them in the act, but we already know they have this like record, right? But we need to be able to catch them and prove it. Taking 
civilians that are like hot headed and angry and have like angry Facebook posts and then radicalizing them and then like equipping them to commit crimes and then like with people that are skilled that literally yeah like high level FBI and CA and stuff like that like they're trained in actually committing acts of terrorism right like they know how to do it right and so it's just it just blows and my manipulation mind. too and manipulation right like yeah. you can say whatever you want about people like that wolverine group what are what are they called what, yeah what are they called Hold on. they're called the, the um wolverine watchmen wolverine watchmen yeah 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 unpopular hot take unpopular opinion there's nothing that's it's okay to to be angry and hate the government and be part of a militia in the united states like this is it's well within their rights. It is. It is within their rights. And it doesn't bother me. Right. And especially if they don't have a previous criminal history, like Right. Most of these guys are all bark and no bite. But you get some people in there that are like court leading it, right? Right. And that's the thing. Like these guys were the ones leading it. It's not right. like one of these guys was like, We're gonna do it and right. now, and then an FBI agent happens to be there and they're like, Yeah. Like for everything that I can tell. It was like, I have a feeling the FBI's were like, have you guys ever thought about like kidnapping the governor? Well, they initiated all the meetings exactly. that started the plot. Exactly. And then, like I said, one of them became, one of the informants became the second in command mm-hmm. of the whole program. Yeah. So like, yeah. This is why I just, I always say FBI and CIA. Right. Three letter agencies. Chloe's <laughs> spooks. They're either incompetent or evil. It kind of seems to be the case. And I don't know if there's an alternative. Yeah. I mean, it's their line of work. Who else would be drawn to that? Like, to me, that's evil. It is evil. You I do are think conspiring it's evil. against the people that you are in position to protect. Right. And it's potentially politically motivated. Right? Definitely politically motivated. Yeah. And like, look. Because the- do you remember when it happened? Oh, yeah. This whole story yeah. fed into the narrative of like, Trump's a fascist yep. and right before the election, the right is, you know, full of domestic terrorists. And and this is the thing. We yeah. already know that the FBI was actively. We've talked about this before. The FBI was actively running campaigns in an effort to thwart all sorts of political things. Like throughout its history. Well, just like in the last election, especially oh, like we oh. know that like they actively were investigating things that they shouldn't have been. They and, were part of the January sixth. Yeah, riot. exactly. Or at least I guess we can't say that for sure, but sure. the uh representative of the bureau couldn't say no, they were not. <laughs> we're not gonna comment on it. So uh, okay. there's that. Yeah, it's messy. Um and whether you know, I don't like right-wing militia groups. I don't align with them on probably 90% of whatever it is they believe. Right. But it creeps me out to think that, like, there are undercover government-funded forces that are, like, targeting groups of people mm-hmm. and trying to lead them into illicit activity to then pin them with a crime. That's it's terrifying. I don't want that happening to Antifa awful. people that aren't violent. You know what I mean? Like, right, right. I don't I don't want that happening. And the thing period. Is, this happens all the time, too, because like, again, I'm in the gun world. I'm into it. I buy stuff, sell stuff. There's all sorts of great online sources where you can buy and sell weapons and all, everything like that. And the, it's like it's like eBay for weapons. And you have to like send stuff to FFLs, which are like, you know, 
have the licensing to actually like you know actually hand over a firearm and it's it's all you, legal right it's all legal right okay <laughs> and like, you have you this. have spooks getting on these sites and being like it's just a handgun like i'll fly down just like give it to me like we don't, right. have, we don't have to go through the ffl thing yeah like screw you guys right yeah like everything there's no need like everything that how the site works is like trying to obey the law and trying to like have law abiding citizens enjoy their firearms. Right. And you have people coming in trying to cause trouble and like some person that's just not familiar with the laws. Like if you just have like a shotgun or a pistol that you don't want and you sell it and somebody's like, Yeah, I'll just fly down and grab it. Yeah. You're like, Oh, Dude, yeah, that seems fine. Right. Yeah. Totally. And then boom, what? Now you're ETF. like a federal fence, you can be thrown in prison or something? Like Yeah. There was a case I was reading about, um, in prepping for this, uh, and I, I don't know all the details of it, but it was mentioned in one of the articles I was reading about um, some guy who, like, the Fed, they pursued, the FBI in particular, yeah. pursued for, like, years trying to catch him on child pornography charges, which, like, I think anybody that is involved in that is, frankly, like, what does the Bible say that anyone who abuses a child will have, like, a millstone thrown around their neck and thrown to the depths of the ocean or something sure, along yeah. those lines? Yeah, it's like... That seems like a kind ending. Totally. But, yeah. yeah, trust me. Yeah. Like, I am not a sympathizer <laughs> of that at all. No. At all. However, this guy was, like, basically, he was... This was, like, in the 70s or something, and he yeah. was, like, buying, like, adult pornography and yeah. then he and I think he was gay. I think he was a man who was gay and he yeah. got like somebody basically FBI like undercover people online. So maybe not in the 70s <laughs> once there was Internet um, <laughs> like basically entrapped him and it was proven he was entrapped by like sending him something that like illicit homosexual pornography that turned out to be like underage people. Oh, my God. And then they got him on that, you know, and it was like. And it was weird that they had targeted this guy. Again, I don't know enough of the right. story to know why they were targeting him. But like, you know, and and I'm pr and I'm I'm pretty certain that he wound up uh, winning his entrapment case. Yeah. Good Lord. And that's just another thing where it's like, whatever. I don't think I don't like pornography, but like. It's not fair to have these like powerful forces working right. like behind the scenes to screw people over. I'm like it's just an enemy of the people at that totally point. Totally it is. Yeah. Totally it is. Yeah, it's scary. So anyway, Gretchen Whitmore, hopefully, you know, this story gets around and she won't be able to like campaign on this. Right. As a victim of an alleged Yeah, exactly. And like guys, <laughs> maybe we'll I, learn more this, and she's somehow this, connected like, to it. Again. We don't want anything bad to happen to her. Like at no, all, of course, and not. like anyone that actually would be trying to do something like that, like we would never condone. Like those are criminals, right? Right. But like our whole point is that it's politically motivated. It's entrapment. Like it's just goofy. It's silly. It's like how is this even real life? Yeah. Well, and also all of this costs taxpayer money. <laughs> yeah, it always does, right? Like how much? What? How? How much money did we spend on these agents? And then the trial. And then, like, keeping the people in jail before trial. Like, the whole fucking thing is a waste of resources, in my opinion. Who even knows? Yeah. It's gross. Wild. Wild stuff. <laughs> so that's my bit. What's your bit? We're going to take a quick break. Then we'll be back to our conversation. 
If you like what you're hearing, help spread the word by leaving a five-star rating and one or two sentence review on your favorite streaming platform. Thank you to Reagan James for the use of our theme music, The Habit, off her album, Message. Find her work on Spotify and Apple Music. Thanks to the Highline Media Network for having us as a founding podcast. Here's a quick preview of a recent episode from our sister show, Keller's Couch. Chad actually has a great story about Louis. <laughs> Tell it. Uh, all right, so I, I, was, I was lucky enough to, to open for, for Louis when he was here in town. We had been told to keep the show pretty clean. Yeah. He's, a, he's a clean comic. He likes to be a family comic. Yeah. The other comics that were ahead of me started doing some dirty material. And it was working. So I'm like, well, maybe maybe I can you know sneak in kind of a dirty one. So I finished my set. I had a good set, man. And I walked back there. And I passed the green room. And he goes, Chad, why are you so dirty? <laughs> you use these words. And I was like, oh, I was mortified. Like, I wanted to walk away. Like, I felt like I just, I just sat there and I took my lumps. And now, back to our conversation. My bit is about uh, food processing plants burning down all across the country. As well as some food processing plants and stores in Ukraine and just kind of talk about food supply and everything like that. Um, I rid first of all, back up slightly. I originally wanted to talk about uh, uh, libs of TikTok. Oh, that whole thing. That whole yeah. thing. But then I was like, I'm just, I'm tired of it. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say one thing on that because it seems to be trending everywhere. I don't get it. Me neither. What's her face? Lorenz, Taylor Lorenz. The journalist. Journalist from WAPO. Mm-hmm. Also writer for New York Times. Super pathetic beat too. Yeah. Social media. Yeah. Anyway. Legitimately straight up. You know what? I, I looked into it. I I saw all of like time warp stuff because they, they WAPO adjusted the story. She straight up doxed the owner of Libs of TikTok. Oh, yeah. Straight up doxed. Yeah. Then she had an interview on MSNBC where she was crying and complaining about how scary now that she has PTSD from being doxed. Right. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Exactly. She got what she deserved. Right. For anyone that somehow thinks that Lib of Libs of TikTok is what they're claiming, quote, like, homophobic, anti-LGBTQ, white supremacist. White supremacist? The, yes. These the are, hell does it have to do with that? All they do is repost unedited, full-context videos. With almost little commentary. No, they don't. They don't. There's no. They just post it. They just post it. All they're doing is disseminating things into a different channel than other people. Like the they're people who view their content would never see this content because yes. they don't follow those kinds yes. of people. So all they're doing is taking content that exists that people have voluntarily put on the internet, and then they're just presenting it to a different audience. Right. That's all they're doing. Yeah. But she doesn't like it because it's like, oh, turns out, wow, there's actually a ton of public school teachers that talk openly about wanting to like radicalize children. Right. <laughs> it's like, and it's a hugely popular page. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, yeah, that journalist was like trying to take them down a notch. And then, Which, you know, again, I looked into it. Her whole 
career is just doing that. Right. Like well, that's every what I mean. Story her, she's ever, her beat is kind of lame. Yeah, like her yeah. stories are kind of like stupid. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. yeah totally. Whatever. She. I don't. That doesn't mean she shouldn't keep doing what she's doing. But yeah. I mean. Anyway. Yeah. Don't dox people. The idea. Yeah. Totally. That story is like is yeah. obnoxious to me. So that was again. There's the brief. Hey, look, you get three stories today. I actually, have, <laughs> I actually have a second story too. So yeah. we're gonna get four. By oh, <laughs> this is so good. So yeah, I like lives of TikTok. It's funny. It's funny because it's just it shows you the craziest it's horrifying lefties, too. and it's no different than the videos of being posted of crazy right wing people doing stupid stuff. I want to see both. I want to know like yeah. what's happening. Those there there are crazy people like that exist in the world. Yeah better to know yeah it's good to know and laugh at them it's okay to laugh at people totally don't hurt people or dox them or bully them but laugh at people it's funny yeah um anyway food supply stuff so um this story spurs from like just hearing about like all of these crazy food processing plants like burning down over the last year and like a lot of it's like a lot of there's like a lot of doom and gloom around it and i don't think it's doom and gloom and there's all these weird conspiracies like it just the World Economic Forum is burning down food. Yeah, for the centers. Great Reset or whatever. Right, like, right. Okay, let's be realistic here. <laughs> I think it's more like sometimes when it rains, it pours, and it's just like really bad timing, <laughs> and like accidents happen. But um, let me pull up my notes here because it's actually kind of crazy. So this first kind of came to my attention because I've got a bunch of friends that live in Indiana. And that massive um, fulfillment center, the Walmart fulfillment center. Mm, in that's Indiana, the one I heard about. Burnt down. Right. Yeah. That's what I, I had friends sending me pictures. They're like, I can see this from my house, like Damn. billows of smoke and everything like that. Um, so that kind of spurred my even thinking about it. And that was like last month. And then I just watched a video today from someone that I like talking about some crazy stuff that has happened recently with processing plants. And then also he talks about Ukraine and, and the war and stuff like that. But so it kind of like got me down this rabbit hole of like, what is going on? So basically in like the last six months, we've had like 16 major food processing plants across the United States burn down or get destroyed somehow. Hmm. Again, they all seem like just really unfortunate. So I'm just going to run through a few. This is brief, but I'm going to run through a few and then just talk a little bit about Ukraine and, and food stuff there. As I had said, I you know, there was the um, Walmart Fulfillment Center in Indiana that burnt down. That was March 16th. But the story I had just saw from, I believe, yesterday, 22nd, a plane crashed into a food processing plant and caused, like, this massive Who's explosion. Plane? Like a it was private like, it was little like, plane? It was, like, a little plane. It was, like, a Cessna something huh. with, like, 10 people on it. I oh, haven't... This happened yesterday, so I haven't seen any news about... Like if anyone survived, I don't think anyone Doubt did. It. I don't, and I also don't know if anyone at the plant was injured or killed. Jeez. But it was a General Mills plant in Covington, Georgia, Thursday evening that was hit by a plane. There was a massive explosion. And so, like, you know, that's a huge loss. General Mills, like, these are huge processing plants. And then backing up to last month, April 15th, a plane crashed into a potato processing plant in Idaho which is a really sad story. Um, young pilot. Um, Another plane. Yeah, a young girl. This is weird. It, it makes sense. This, this, the, the way that the landing strip is, there's like a smokestack really close to where you land, and it produces a lot of... Draft or something? Like uh, mist, because it's like heat. Oh. 
or condensation. And so I think it was actually an, a legitimate safety hazard. So now there's a lawsuit with trying to get the smokestack oh. knocked down. Because it's like the plant is like right on the other side of the river from the airport. Hmm. And you have to fly over the plant to land. Mm-hmm. So again, this is like no conspiracy. It's just like horrible things happening. And then like last year, there was multiple food processing plants that got burnt down in Oregon because of all the fires, uh, the wildfires that were going on. Mm. And one of them like produced, I think like 8% of the beef in the United States oh, wow. for processing. Dang. And then um, there aren't enough beef processing plants there's not, across the country. It's a huge issue in Montana right now. It's a right big now. issue in Montana. A lot of farmers, like a lot of the Montana beef doesn't even get sold in Montana. No, it has to be processed out of state. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's a bunch of stupid regulation stuff why right. people can't do it. Yeah. It's a whole nother. Go listen to our regulation episode. September 2021, there was a big fire, burnt down another meat processing plant that produced 5% of the nation's meat. August 24th, uh, 2021 in California, another big processing plant burnt down. What started that fire? Um, I don't actually know. It was Taylor Farms Food Processing Plant. What part of California? I'm not sure. No worries. Taylor Farms Food Processing. That was April 13, 2022, actually, this year. And then again, April 19th, a few days later in the United States, the headquarters of the Azure Standard Food Processing burned in Oregon. Again, a massive food processing plant. Hmm. And then on an, April 11th in New Hampshire, a beef and pork processing plant broke out. More and, fires? And burnt down, yeah. That's... This is a little weird. But again, I can't I, help but say it. But I need it. to look back. Like maybe, maybe, fi- maybe fires are really common. This in was in Salinas. Pro- this is in Salinas. My yeah, this yeah. This is back in. Uh, no. This was this year. That was this year. Yeah, that's odd. It Although is. there has been quite a bit of um cases of arson in California. Oh, like a handful of the recent wildfires yeah. have been traced oh, to right, arson. Right, right. So anyway, just wanted to bring that to attention and just say like. You know, we've already had a strained supply chain due to COVID in 2019. You know, 2020, it was starting to ramp up, but like, you know, that momentum was already lost. And then. Wait, what? I'm confused by the years you just listed. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I guess it'd be 2019, 20. Wait, when the heck did COVID start? 2020. 2020. <laughs> okay. 2020. Like, COVID restrict, you know, yeah, yeah, restriction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Affected things. Right, right. And yeah. because of that slowdown and halt, like the ramp up was behind, you know, we have now a bunch of major processing plants, you know, Mysteriously 15, 16. Down. Yeah. And these are, I mean, we're already talking with that list. I just made like 15 to 20% of like beef in the United States, just the processing. Good Lord. And like that'll bounce back, but like you have to build new processing plants. No, have, be, yeah. Know, yeah. Right? Yeah. And then fulfillment centers and all of this. And then, you know, with all the trucking issues, it's all compounding. Sure. And so, again, like, I think. And then when you think about future problems with like fertilizer that we're not going to be getting from like Russia and Ukraine now. Right. And then what also. What does that mean for future crops? Real, and realistically, and a lot of the soil across the United States being strained as is. Right. I mean, most, most professionals and experts say we have something like 50 to 70 growth cycles left in our soil before yeah. we can't grow anything else. And again, this, I'm not doom and gloom at all. There are amazing people that are working on replenishing the land. Yeah. But it takes time. Right. And so all of this is compounding. Um, and then we'll, we'll get into Ukraine. 
And so like, just, just to tell people that listen, like be prepared for food prices to increase. Like I think most reasonable people have seen it coming. I just think it's been fast forwarded a little bit. It's been sped up for any of our friends in Montana. We live in a great state. There's a lot of food produced here. Just be aware of that food prices are going to increase. Yeah. And it's unfortunate for a lot of people because, you know, food's already expensive as it is. Yeah. And it'll be elevated for probably, I mean, even just reigning in like general inflation is going Mm -hmm. to take, you know, a year or more. Yeah. At minimum. Right. For sure. And then all of these other compounding effects are going to take potentially several years to iron out. Yes. And it gets really difficult, too, because the unfortunate thing is if there are major processing plants that aren't available then you get into like a, you know a potato processing plant goes down like then you get spoilage right so a lot of crops won't even be able to be utilized and things like that um, right just things to think about but shifting over to ukraine just kind of compounding the issue the last i saw as far as like the usual annual farming quotas they only have 15 percent of the seeds planted that they usually do which is not great no. obviously. So we're going to see some long-term effects there. Again, it's not just like, you know, if everything gets resolved tomorrow, that doesn't fix that issue and it doesn't fix itself next year. No, it's fucked an entire growing season. Yeah, it could be, yeah. you know, four, five, six years. Well, and the problem isn't going to be resolved tomorrow. It's probably not no. going to be resolved for years as yes, well. So exactly. yeah, that whole basically all like global food supply chains are going, are being reshuffled and it's going to be a huge lift, but realistically, like, you know, we don't rely on a lot of imports from Ukraine, but like other parts of the world do, like they the do. Middle East yes. and North Africa. And we and other like wealthy nations will probably have to help fill in the gap there. Yes. And so that will affect us. And most of the world is unfortunately fairly unprepared. We're talking months of supplies. Yeah. Um, China I think has like somewhere like 11 to 12 months. China has incredible food insecurity. Yes. Incredible food yes. insecurity. Yeah. Yes. They do have, they do have more reserves than a lot of other countries. Hmm. Well, in terms of like their capacity and like environmental challenges that they face, they have like massive, hmm. that's, a, it's a massive challenge for them. They right. import a ton of food. Right. Right. A ton. So again, that's going to be something that's compounding. And then the other thing that is a problem is that we have food reserves being targeted right now, whether deliberate or accidental. So all across Ukraine, facilities have been destroyed that are holding food, grain reserves, things like that. I'm assuming that's Um, intentional. Yeah. That's just kind of escalating this issue further and further. Kind of a downer, but things that it's important, you know. Totally. You got to think about it. You totally. Know. Yeah. We're uh, unfortunately very disconnected from our food. And so when things like that happen around the world, like it's going to affect everyone. Right. Um, so I encourage people, especially, if, like I said, if you're in Montana, there's so many amazing local farmers and stuff that you can get in with. You can get good food yeah. for a fair price, you know. Yeah. Um, Although their prices are going to go up too because of true. the- um True. The fertilizer issue that we normally import from Russia that we're no longer importing. Like, right. That is going to be, and that will be a long, that's not something we're going to feel right now. We're going to feel that next season and the season yes, after that. Yes, exactly, exactly. The yeah. seasons, most everyone's already getting going on that. And, yeah. Um, and, and prep for that. I just have some friends that bought some pigs. 
Oh. Which I missed out on. I totally missed out on getting a what pig. What the hell are you going to do with a pig? I have a buddy that has like 12 pigs in his house right now. You don't need a pig. What are you going to do with a pig here? Not here, but like he's... Oh, I see what you mean. He's got the land. You'd own some of the yeah, pigs. Yeah, I would own house. a pig and pay for the feed. Gotcha. And then got it, butcher got it. it at the end of the year. Okay, that's cool. I have a whole pig. So I got to get on that. Yeah, you should get on that. Just want like a little farm and a pig and some Ugh, chickens. And I do too. Some goats. But we all in the West with our wealth and prosperity and privilege romanticize like subsistence farming. Yeah. And I just want to say we should all not do that. Because that's a really fucking hard life that yeah, everybody, yeah, yeah. that like our ancestors suffered through for a very, very long time. Although you look at like my friends that have like the 16 by 100 wallapini greenhouse. Well, it's like magical stuff just grows. Hey, man, you just put it in the dirt and it grows. If I, if I, yeah, I mean, look, my dream would be to live like that. But if that if you only ate what you grew, you would be a desperately poor person. Oh, for sure. You know, so I, I, sure. I don't mean to disparage your dream. I share your dream. I just mean there's like, you know, countless stories of like New Yorkers buying farms and like upstate and then being like, this is hard, you know, and realizing oh, sure. like, oh, I'm really glad I can like go to Whole Foods, you know, so. Yeah, it's just been, yeah. it would be nice to just have, a, you know, some of your own stuff. Oh, totally. Yeah. That's the goal. For sure. Like beets. They're so yeah. damn expensive. It's hard to grow beets here. The one, I when we, I've tried, they're just, very small. Yeah, yeah, they're all tiny. Yeah. It's a bummer. I found green beans grow mm-hmm. really well here. Uh, hardy greens like kale and spinach yes. and stuff grow really well. Uh, one thing I learned from my buddy who farms in Livingston, she was saying that um, so all of the starts for like more Mediterranean crops mm-hmm. that you can't grow from seed here, like tomatoes and peppers and stuff. The starts don't even come from here. They import plugs really? from out of state. Because it's too fucking hard to... We do not have the right climate I guess for certain crops. I'm so not connected to the reality of that because of my friends with the greenhouse. Well, no, I'm talking about like major farms yeah, I know. here yeah. import plugs. Like farms yeah. with greenhouses import plugs yeah. because like trying to do tomatoes from seed here even if you have a nice greenhouse, is kind of impossible. Right, but uh, but like my friends, she's like a guru. Yeah. And so she like she's got like black lights, and she made like all these hydroponic like things. And oh. She she can do anything. So I gotta say, so so good, my buddy. And Megan. Again, and it, yeah, exactly. So I'm Megan so, had a whole hydroponic situation yeah, in Livingston. I'm for disconnected a while. because like yeah. she was seeding stuff all winter, getting prepped, and like. Crazy stuff because now they have the greenhouse. Like I'm talking like avocados and apricots. Get the fuck out of here! Yeah, she's really? growing apricots in her greenhouse right now. Wow. And avocados and maybe the problem is doing it at scale. Yeah, exactly. Maybe it makes exactly. sense for a boutique ha- exactly. hobby, but at scale, it's probably not. They're about feasible. to start doing coffee beans. What? Which like amazing. Yeah. My aunt and uncle have like a atrium in their house. Like in the center of their house, it's this big, like, cool glass box with like glass. You know, they don't do that that often anymore. And I think it's so fucking cool. Super underrated. Yeah. So I told when we were there, we were there for Easter, and I was like, Steve, I want this. That could work here in Montana, right? I don't know. You tell me. You're the builder. Could it work? I mean, I could build it, but I don't know. Like, does it, does it, does it work as in like. I mean, it would be insulated. It would be, you know, if it, 
would you get an if it's in the center of the house does it get enough light just from the top there's does but they're in california i don't know it'd have to be like depending on where it's built yeah exactly facing so it got sun all day but i yeah the idea of having like a well insulated well lit greenhouse that you could have like a little mediterranean oasis would be really rad dang how much money do how much money does that cost an atrium in the middle of your house yeah just give me a ballpark figure Eighty thousand dollars. I would say anywhere from eighty to one hundred and twenty, depending on what you're doing. So if you want to make it like, if you wanted to do more like a greenhouse style connected to your house, mm-hmm. you would have to have either geothermal, right, uh, attached. If you're doing like a uh, what is it called a GAHT style greenhouse, like a no idea ground air transfer, or you can do like the Wallapini style, which is like geothermal and solar because like in it was like negative 20 and they were getting <laughs> they were getting like 98 to 100 degrees in the greenhouse what and they actually had to pump air in to regulate the temp well that's exp- that's expensive is it just to heat it or do they have no, some brilliant no, geothermal, system that geothermal like- is super cheap okay it's like basically free once you do it like super high efficiency fans is all you need because hmm. the air comes out of the ground at like 55 degrees. Okay. And so you're working with already like warm air. It's just super easy to warm it. And hmm. then if you're cooling, you're basically like just cooling it with 55 degree. And because of the way it, it gets so warm because of the sun. Yeah. Like the cooling aspect is really cheap. There's some cool stuff you can That's do. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. So it dep- especially if it wasn't super huge, I actually bet. Because you could do all your prep stuff ahead of time if you're building a house. Adding stuff gets really complicated. Right. But if you're building from the ground up and you're already digging and you could use geothermal in your house, you also get killer tax rebates. I bet you could do it for, I bet 80, yeah. On the high end, 80. Wowzers. Hmm. Yeah, see, like, that's the question where it's like, you just build? Or do you, like, find a dump and fix it up? I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah. Lots of questions. Yes. Well. Oh, yeah, you said you had a fourth story. I have a fourth yeah, story. Hit us. Hit Just us with a, a real fourth quick story. thing. And it's kind of a plug for um, a gal that I know who has a really handy newsletter that comes out twice a week. It's called Bill Brief. It used to be called Essentially. She kind of rebranded it a while back. She's lovely. I met her at SPN State Policy Network, like yeah. think tank conference thingy years ago. Um, she's hilarious. And very bright and has like worked in DC and now she like is married and has cute little babies, just had her second baby anyway. And she does this really helpful newsletter and that kind of idea behind it is to give you like news that's not totally getting enough coverage slash she really does present it in an unbiased way, like genuinely Mm -hmm. to a degree where I'm like, I get, you know, like, what the fuck? You're wrong but it's like she's not wrong she's just sharing something that doesn't have my like bias right so anyways but so i sent we're gonna have a link to her to sign up if folks are interested in our show notes but she covered something on ukraine that i thought was worth sharing so i'm just gonna read what she wrote it's very brief so um it's about how defense officials have said that weapons sent to ukraine may end up elsewhere (laughs) Okay, and so she breaks it down into like three little sections. So the background says 
According to the 2021 Global Organized Crime Index, Ukraine has one of the largest illegally trafficked arms markets in Europe, which is linked to criminal arms in Russia and Belarus. In 2020, the Defense Department Inspector General released a report raising concerns about the end-use monitoring of weapons being sent to Ukraine. Next section is called What Happened? Since Russia invaded Ukraine in February, the United States has provided $2.5 billion in security assistance, including ammunition, drones, missiles, and anti-tank weapons. Last week, the U.S. agreed to provide Kiev with the types of high-powered weapons some Biden administration officials previously viewed as too much of an escalation risk. This week, Joe Biden said he intends to send more soon. The next section is called, What Are They Saying? Current defense officials admit these weapons shipments are difficult to track and that there is a risk that some may end up in unexpected places, but they said the administration views a failure to arm Ukraine adequately as a greater risk. We'll see where these we'll weapons see. wind up. We'll find out in 10 to 15 we years. We left a ton to the Taliban, yep. and then now we're just leaving stuff that will probably get funneled to other... Yeah, to good people, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of money. Just... Uh, it's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. I'm surprised the progressives haven't, this, like, jumped this is on the that. thing. This has happened over and over and over and over and over again yeah. in the United States history. Yeah. And I just don't think we're capable of learning. No. No, we get too caught up. Yeah. Too excited. Yeah. Mark on my words, maybe even five years yeah. from now, but a decade from now, there will be podcasts and articles and books written about, like, how the U.S. inadvertently funded neo-Nazis in Ukraine and I other guarantee groups. it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It will happen. So, anyway. <laughs> yeah. News and brews, baby. News and brews. <laughs> it was fun. It was good. I always feel like when we take a week off, like, after, because we went hard there for we really did. four months. Like, I'm exhausted. <laughs> like, life is exhausting right now, but this felt high energy. It so did. It was a good episode. It totally did. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for your patience, listeners, as yeah. we, like, sometimes take time off. We keep it real. We're yeah. not, like, pretending to be anything other than what no. we are. Sometimes we need a break. We're just regular people that get tired and grumpy. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, on that note, I think it's up in the air right now, just so you guys know. We're going to try and record next week. But you're traveling, so I am that traveling. may complicate things, yes. which so is fine. If we end up feeling like we're not prepared for the next episode adequately, we might end up taking next week off as well. We'll, we'll try to be better about telling you this Yes, time. I apologize. Um, I meant to tell everyone before we left for Easter, and then I forgot. That's okay. So I told them after. Yeah, that's fine. It's like, hey. <laughs> so I apologize, everyone. Yeah, exactly. And our next episode is going to be our second part of the Ukraine series where we talk about the uh, Euromaidan uprising in 2014. Yes. And so there's a lot there. So we're going to try our best. On that note, I think uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Cheers. Cheers.
Hey gang, Keller Paulson here. I know what you're thinking. What's going on? Who is this guy? Am I right? Well, I'm the host of Keller's Couch. Now, Keller's Couch is an interview podcast where I, Keller Paulson, interview people I find interesting that are doing cool things in the community. But it's not just that. My friends at Slapstick Improv and myself, we also do some improv comedy and sketch comedy every other episode. So, if this tickles your fancy, why don't you scoot on down pop a squat on Keller's couch. Bye. Highline Media Network. Artist-owned podcasts by normal people in normal places.